At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jim. Happy birthday to you. Did you practice that? Yeah, it didn't sound great. Jim is 35, man. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You've been celebrating it for the better part of the last seven days. It's not not me, dude. It's 100%. Aaron. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. When it's when it's someone's birthday, she doesn't just celebrate on one day. It's like either an entire weekend or a full month. Like it is the lot. So when's Aaron's birthday? It is uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, April 15th. April 5th. Oh, tax day. Aaron is a tax baby. Mm -hmm. So you are you gonna be able to replicate what she has done for your birthday? I mean, I try. Uh, mm-hmm. even though she tells me, she's like, I don't want, I don't want anything. I don't want anything for my birthday this year since we're getting married. Oh, you should try so, doing that. Just don't even like observe it. Don't even like get her a card or like even mention it and see what happens. That's a great idea. She said she doesn't want anything. Right. I'm like, wait, what was, what's today? Huh? Let's get some happy birthday, Jim's in the chat. If you're watching this on replay, you can put it in the comments down below. This is the wrap up show. There is some, I mean, it's kind of like non-news, but newsworthiness involving the Padres. The news is from Ken Rosenthal earlier today. And then there's more because Eric Rupner was on the radio today as well. But uh, Ken Rosenthal today, this is the snippet that, to me, will get the publicity. He says the signing of a free agent such as Michael A. Taylor is possible. So is a trade with a team deep in outfielders like the Brewers. But neither option seems particularly particularly likely making it quite possible the Padres will spend the spring auditioning young players such as Jackson Merrill, Jacob Marcy, and Graham Pauly. So is a youth movement underway? Um, and by the way, if if Merrill um, is auditioning this spring, is he doing that in the outfield? Because we've talked about that before. He has not been an outfielder in his professional career by and large. So are the Padres going to go young? Are they done spending this offseason, even though they've barely spent, Jim? Jackson Merrill, he has played a total of five career games. Oh, five? He's fine then. He's ready. In the minor leagues in left field. Everything else has been at shortstop in the infield. He's played 40, I think, five innings total in left field in his entire That's career. Not a um, this has a recipe to turn out really bad. And it has a recipe to turn out really good. I would say that I would put it more on the, like, if you're telling me how high is the risk here to potentially play one of your top prospects in a completely new different position that he's never really played before on, you know, starting out at the major league level, I would say the risk is pretty damn high, like very high. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked to Kyle Glazer a lot, and he knows more about the minor league system and minor league baseball than either of us, even though I heard a rumor you used to work in minor league baseball for 15 years. Is that true? true? It's been a while, though. Okay. But I I still like what Kyle Glazer has to say. And when he's like, dude, look, (laughs) if they plan to take this top prospect and, and any top prospect in baseball or any prospect at all in baseball, and they put him in a new position, it takes at least a year before you can even consider 
putting that player at the big league level. And if they're thinking about trotting them out there in spring training, I guarantee you we will see them in the outfield in spring training. Guarantee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that makes sense in spring training. Don't you? I think it, it does, too, if the yeah. plan is to go and move positions with him because you you have really nowhere in the infield to put him. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. But what wouldn't make sense is if they trot him out there in spring training in the outfield, and then he's on the opening day roster as your starting left fielder. That, to me, doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think I think it's spot on. I mean, the idea that you have Jacob Marcy and Jackson Merrill and Grant Pauly in your system is is encouraging and good. And if they're properly developed, they can all contribute. But if you're asking all of them to potentially contribute from day one or close to day one in 2024, um, it's going to be hard to be fully competitive. I mean, forget about the division. We don't need to even discuss that regardless of the moves they make. I mean, they could sign Jorge Soler. It doesn't mean they're going to go win the division or they could even sign a Cody Bellinger, which isn't going to happen, but you get my point, but you got to put yourself in a position where you're capable of winning something like 80 something games. And also you're not trying to set back players individually because you have needs and therefore you're plugging guys in before they are ready. So to your point, I think if you had an infield hole for Jackson Merrill, you'd be more inclined to potentially give him an opportunity close to opening day, especially if he earns it. This spring, but if you're going to put them primarily in the outfield, um, what do you, what's going to happen if these players struggle? What if Merrill and Marcy are on your opening day roster and they're not playing or they're not hitting or the team isn't winning? What are you going to do then? What if Merrill doesn't hit and it's been three weeks and the team isn't performing well? What are your options? You're going to keep plugging them in? You're going to keep putting them out there? You're going to send them back down? So I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. And it seems like, Jim, I mean, this was kind of the worst fear that you were going to shed payroll with Soto and other parts, the haters, the Snells, but you haven't filled it back any, like you haven't backfilled with any of that payroll. They've literally used none of it. So we always knew they were going to shed payroll, but I didn't know they were shedding all of the payroll. Now, it's not definitive. Maybe guys don't earn jobs this spring and A.J. Preller makes moves in February or March, but they've spent nothing, Jim. I mean, they've literally spent nothing. A couple of signings from overseas, um, Wandy Peralta is a very small deal. I mean, it's $4 million per year. Could they truly be done with free agency or, or trades at this point? I, I still think something has to come. I, I'd be shocked if nothing else is to come from here until opening day. And, and every single deal that they've done, and by every deal, I mean only three. Right, so little. The Peralta deal isn't really even official yet. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah okay. It's not official yet. Yeah. But, Am I mistaken? Is is the three deals they've done all have like early opt outs? That's a great question. Do they all have one year opt outs? The Peralta deal reportedly does. What about Matsui and Go? Do they have one year opt outs or two year opt outs? I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure at least one of the Go or Matsui has one year has an opt out. One of them definitely has an opt out. I don't. I don't recall it being an opt-out after one year. Because remember, we said we wouldn't want to see the Padres develop Matsui and then he leaves after a year. I want to say it's at least two years into the Matsui deal. Don't you remember that conversation? Yeah, and there was like an injury wave clause, clause there yeah. or something. Yeah. And, and, and and I met even that deal, like it was announced that they signed Wu Suck Go. Yeah. And it took like a week and a half before yeah. it became official. That's right. Probably because, you know, uh, these deals are kind of complex because they have to make them complex because to give a player this much money, not that they're not giving a lot of money out, right. but to, to be like, okay, we're giving a straight up four year, $16 million deal and have that. Yeah. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. They're, they're, they're giving themselves every option to get out of these deals as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. But to, to, to not really spend any money this off season, to raise ticket prices to the level that they're at, to trade away your best player. Yep. I mean, look, it, it's not a great look. It, it it really isn't. I don't care how good the minor league system is. It, you're still dealing with players that potentially could be in the big league roster playing positions they've never played before, right? If you told me that Jackson Merrill... If, if Jackson Merrill played his entire career in left field in the minors 
and he was their number two overall prospect, like he is right now behind Ethan Salas, then this would make sense at least. You mm-hmm. could at least spin it and not really even have to spin it because all you have to do is say, look, he's our number two ranked prospect in our system. Okay. And he spent three years in left and he we spent have three a need. Years and, in left field and, yeah, and, he's ready. And, and he's ready to go. Then everything feels okay. This makes sense. As a fan, you're excited for it. You you understand it. But the way that AJ Preller hoards uh, shortstops, and you have this player who you're you're probably going to see this year at, a, at the big league level be a shortstop and play in a position he's never played before, because you have a need and you don't have money to spend. Then then the questions start to come up. Like, what are we doing here? I would think if nothing else, they'll be like if nothing else there'll be a stopgap like Profar where you give them like $2.1 million. And even if it doesn't work, who cares? You buy yourself like 30 days or 60 days. He'll start the year playing left field. Someone like that. I'm not guaranteeing it's Profar, but I think there'll at least be some low-level veteran outfielder on this roster. Here's Here's the other note, by the way, from Ken Rosenthal. I mean, the other part of the lead here is what he wrote about Hassan Kim. He says they continue to draw significant trade interest in Hassan Kim. According to sources briefed on the discussions, Kim is eligible for free agency at the end of the year, but he was among the Padres' best players last year, so the acquisition cost would be high. And like we've been talking about before as well, it's like it's hard enough to sell this team without Soto. But again, they're selling tickets. I mean, Eric Rupner talked about it earlier today. They've had more season ticket sales than they've ever had in the history of the organization per Gruppner. But if you move Kim as well, and you're not backfilling with free agents, and you're just lowering your salary from 250 to 150 overnight, I just, I, I just don't, I don't know how you convey it. I mean, maybe people are incredibly loyal and they show up, and maybe you can still win. But, and I understand you have needs, so maybe you can address multiple needs with one player like Hassan Kim. But, I mean, they're still, you know, possibly trading Hassan Kim. I don't know if they're possibly trading him, but they're they're getting suitors on Hassan Kim. It's just. It's just a very interesting offseason, a very quiet offseason, and honestly, a pretty disappointing offseason. doesn't mean it'll be a disappointing season, but a disappointing offseason to this point with a lot of questions heading into pitchers and catchers reporting in six days. I mean, just a million questions. Yeah, uh, questions that I, I don't even know if they'll be answered, really. Neither do I. And and even if, I mean, look, like you said, I we all agree, there's going to be a physical body a, a yeah, actual yeah, we'll person in left field and center field this year. Like they're not just going to say, you know what? We're not going to put anybody out there because we don't have anybody that we feel mm-hmm. like could, you know, fill that position uh, up to our, up to our, our standard, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have somebody out there. It's about who they have out there. And if you trot out a couple rookies, or even if you just have an outfield of Jackson Merrill, Jose Zocar and Fernando Tatis Jr., that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, draw a lot of questions, and put a lot of pressure on Jackson Merrill. Could he overcome all of that? Could he go out there and play really good defense in left field and actually perform at the plate to a level where he's not, you know, hitting 170, right? Like, what if he does at the plate hit uh, 265 and give you, like, 10 to 15 home runs and, like, 50, 60 RBIs, like, have an OPS around, I don't know, seven. 60 like could that all happen like yeah it could absolutely and i think padres fans would then be like and we would be the same like wow there's some there's some promise here and mm-hmm. you see you see it but give me the percentage chance of that happening well i think it's it's less likely with a position change because you got more on your plate it's like trying to catch in the big leagues like the offense comes is secondary to catching right because you have a pitching staff that you got to work with mm-hmm. if you're switching positions that's a comparable you know, analogy, because it's one thing to hit at the big league level. That's not going to be easy for anyone coming up. It's it's possible, but it's not the easiest thing in the world. But you're not just learning to hit the big league level. You're learning to play an entirely new position. So you're putting a lot on someone's plate, which is cause for concern, potentially. Um, that's the way I would look at it with someone like Jackson Merrill. It's not to discount Jackson Merrill. He might be a future 10-year starter for the Padres, a five-time All-Star. That's all a possibility. But Aren't you putting him in a precarious situation? Aren't you setting him up not for success by asking him to be up as a 21-year-old and learn a new position all at the same time? Oh, absolutely. It's the Padres' MO. 
not setting up their minor league players for the best success possible. Um, some players have broken through that. I, th- I would say Fernando Tatis Jr., but even then, they, they, they've switched positions. I mean, he's moved mm-hmm. positions. And thankfully, Fernando Tatis Jr. is such a freak athlete and such a good baseball player that he excelled beyond anybody's belief and maybe to some people's belief in right field becoming you know a platinum glove a winner out there um but other than fernando tatis junior not no no position player has broken through this through this system and has excelled through whether it be a position change or just putting them at that position that they've played their entire career in the minors. Nobody's excelled. And so if you're coming from a place of of skepticism and I don't know if this is going to work, what else would give you any type of optimism that it will work? Because it hasn't. So that's why, and when people push back against me, like, Jim, you need to be more positive about these things. I would be, except there's really, like, nothing to base this off of, like, at all for it actually working with this organization and A.J. Preller. That's why, until I see it happen with a guy that's not a generational talent like Fernando Tatis Jr., then it's going to be hard for me to be on that, well, you know, I think Jackson Morrell could do it. I got to see it. I mean, I'll, I'll be the one to say it. The odds are extremely stacked against Jackson Merrill starting 2024 in the big leagues and having success regardless of position. He's been a nice hitter in the minor leagues. He has not exceeded expectations. He has not hit the cover off the baseball. He has not wow. hit for power. He's 20. He's not 22 or 23 or 24. He had a 770 OPS last year playing at the lower levels of the minor leagues. He spent most of his time in single A. He spent about 40% of his time or 30% of his time in double A. And in double A, he had a 780 OPS and hit five home runs. And for the year, he had 15 home runs in over 100 games. I mean, it's fine, but he has to be fully developed still, right? Like he hasn't had some breakout minor league year. He's been good enough, but he hasn't been great in the minor leagues, a guy with a 770 OPS between single A and double A is not primed to go tear the cover off the baseball in the big leagues. I mean, again, you're asking potentially to set someone back, and I'm with you. I mean, I hate to be the one to say it, and it's not to say he can't prove people wrong, including myself. He could catch lightning in a bottle and have an amazing rookie year in 2024 as a 21-year-old. It is possible, or what's more likely, he would struggle if becoming a full-time player to start 2024. That's the most likely scenario for Jackson Merrill because that's how this stuff works. And and, uh, exactly. It's just, it is. That's why, you know, the success rate for players drafted and making it the big league level is extremely low. low. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's a graph that that we talked about. It was last year or something. It was like draft picks actually making it to the big league level with that team. And the Padres were up there, but as as far as the success rate goes, it is extremely low. Mm -hmm. Position player-wise, I would say the Padres are pretty close to the bottom as far as drafting a position player, not pitcher, because they've they've brought up pitchers in their bullpen that have actually performed really well. But position player-wise, there's not much success that's going on at the major league level with the Padres organization. If these players are traded to other organizations and they succeed, I don't consider that to be a Padres success, honestly. I don't. You're right. Yeah, I get that. So do you, everybody wants to see these guys perform because uh, enough's enough with waves of minor league players coming through the system as top-ranked guys and the Padres you know, parading that, hey, we have five or six or whatever players in the top 100 prospects in baseball and – you know, making graphics for it instead of caring about the major league club to not have them pan out. It's frustrating. And maybe it will change with these these players because they're sure doing their best PR campaign to to talk about these guys. Like, I mean, did did anybody last year besides besides the guys at Mad Friars know about Jacob Marcy? 
No, we didn't even start talking about Jacob Marcy until, at best, the Arizona Fall League, if not the last six weeks, when A.J. Perler mentioned his name as a guy that can compete for a job. Right. And and if you did, that's great. But the main thing and the most important thing is the big league team, right? And so worrying about Jacob Marcy was not even close to our radar. But now he is because they have no other option. And I really don't think he should be a guy that, I mean, again, he's got what? Less than 500 at-bats, plate appearances in, in the minors, maybe? I, I mean... Who, Marcy? How many how many plate appearances does Marcy have in the, in the minors? Yeah, he only has 700. Now, he's a college guy. By the way, if I, if I was okay, choosing so between... I was talking about last year, 400. Four, yeah, I mean... 500 last year. But I would just say this. If I was choosing between Merrill or Marcy to put on my opening day roster in the outfield, this isn't about their futures. It's about right now. I'd put Marcy there. He's two years older. Mm-hmm. played college baseball, and has played in the outfield. So I'm asking less of him because, again, he's two years older. He played college baseball. He's an outfielder. Then I'm asking of Jackson Merrill, a high schooler from Maryland who's 20, who hasn't played any outfield. So that that's what I would do, regardless of what they do this spring. I don't care if Merrill hits 300 and Marcy hits 250. Marcy's the guy that would have less on his plate. He knows how to play the outfield, clearly, and is about to be 23 years of age um obviously Graham Pauly's coming off a very nice minor league season but to your point Jim all of these guys have limited double a time I don't think there's one of those three that have spent 50 games in double a between Merrill Pauly and Marcy unless I'm missing something um I don't think any of those guys have spent 50 games you know what Marcy has no excuse me I was going to say Pauly has but no he hasn't so these guys are having success at the lower levels of the minor leagues, not in double-A AA or triple-A. They're not seasoned in double-A AA or triple-A. So, you know how big of a jump it is from low double-A to the big leagues? You don't typically, have it's a jump. I mean, typically, it's a jump. I mean, guys, again, there's guys that make jumps from double-A to the major leagues, but it's not every day, and the Padres aren't exactly the organization with the track record of having players do that, other than someone like Fernando Tatis Jr. It just feels like... The strategy for this year, John, is hope they're not like hope they're a little more lucky, right? We hope we're a little more lucky in one run games, mm-hmm. and we're counting on our stars to play at a very high level. I mean, it's not like the worst strategy in the world because right. you pay these guys a lot of money, you expect them to perform, you expect them to be all stars. But we know that's not the case, and we know it's baseball, and we know that's not always going to happen. Like of the of the superstars on this team, not would you say that the odds of all of them performing and having career years is probably very low? Yeah, very low. Uh, I would guess that one of them is capable of having a career type year, and I put my money on Fernando Tatis Jr. Far from a guarantee, right? But I would put, but I mean, we had Dan Zimborski on last week, and he's like, the truth is, I mean, it's just how analytics work in the numbers. I mean, Machado's numbers aren't going to be getting better. It doesn't mean they're getting worse yet, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be getting better on average. And then same thing with Bogarts, because now he was banged up a little bit last year. So maybe right, he can risk. bounce back to some extent. And I, I think that's definitely a possibility. But the idea that Bogarts is going to have his best year in age 31, age 32 season is probably very unlikely. Yeah, probably. Um, could he could he do it? Could he have an all-star year? Absolutely. Yeah, he he's can be had, an all-star. Yeah. He can be an all-star. I mean, these guys obviously have talent. There's the mm-hmm. one like at their best, you could say that they're some of the best players in the game. And they've shown at times they've been the best player at their position potentially at you know, throughout their time in the big leagues. Could it could all happen. I just you know, there's a like, I don't know what the exact saying is, but it's like you can't live off hopes and dreams something along those lines where you feel like this season is based off of, Hey, we hope these guys do well. Cause if they don't, we're fucked, <laughs> you know, and if they do, yeah, like what's the other option? Really good. It's, no, it's true though. It's like, like what happens if it's a good point. Like Machado isn't 100% from day one and not playing in the field or someone. It's a good point. I mean, you're just asking everyone to be healthy and productive from day one. And even with that, you're relying on some younger pieces potentially or non-proven pieces in left, center, first, back of your rotation. Because ideally, what you'd want 
is a rounded out roster where you aren't putting this pressure. And this is what they had last year. They just didn't capitalize on it because everyone's, I mean, they all sucked like at, at certain points in time in the season. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like the others picked up the guys that were struggling when Manny was struggling, when Xander was struggling, it didn't feel like the other superstars were able to pick those guys up. Right. And that's how it needs to be in sports. You need to have, because not all the time your, your superstars aren't always going to go three for five every night with the home run and three RBIs. You know, they're going to have a lot of offers. It's going to happen. <laughs> And so who else on this team is going to step up and who else is going to, you know, uh, pick up the others when those guys aren't performing. And that's the problem. That's a really good question. If you're asking a guy like Jackson Merrill to do that, right. You got it. You got issues. I'm not saying it's all on Jackson Merrill. I understand that, but there will be times I'm sure where just say there's a runner on second, less than two outs. You have, I don't know. I don't know where he would be batting in the lineup, but I'm just saying, you know, you have uh seventh eighth. Yeah, seventh eighth. But say uh runner on second, no outs, and you got Manny, Bogarts, uh, you know, Campisano and Merrill or whatever. I'm just throwing some random yeah. whatever. Right. And uh, you know, Manny strikes out, uh Xander walks, Campisano flies out, right? Now it's on Jackson Merrill's hands. And then, then you're putting a lot of pressure on a young guy to come through in that position instead of a veteran um, that I don't know if they're going to be able to sign. Yeah, I'm almost more concerned if it's Merrill batting with the runner at second, nobody out, because it's like, can these young players get guys over, which is something the entire team tr- uh, struggled with a year ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, listen, it, it's going to be, I think the most fascinating part of spring training is probably just the completion of the roster. It's not, hey, is, I mean, Manny health, you know, is huge and Darvish and Musgrove and all of it is huge. But like, what does even this opening day lineup look like? We have no idea. There are multiple None. positions. We have no idea what it's going to look like opening day, March 20th in Korea. All right. We're going to get back to uh, the commentary in a moment. If you're here, please subscribe. We have year on content for Padres fans. Whether you're here live or on replay, please subscribe. Smash the like button for us. You can follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Jim Russell SD. If you want to make sure we get your comment today, you can click the Dollar sign below the chat box. We do appreciate your support with the Super Chats. And also, if you want to become a member, you can click join down below. We do need to thank our title sponsor here on the wrap-up show since day one. We can't do it without Mark Nimitz. We can't do it without your support, all of our viewers. Mark is a great insurance agent. You can take that from us. I've got a homeowner's earthquake and life insurance policy with Mark. You can get to his website by clicking the link in the description down below. Whatever you need from an insurance perspective, Mark will take care of you. Again, you can take that from us. He's a great insurance agent with great service and communication, whatever it is, home, life, auto, business, condo, renter's insurance, whatever you need. Mark's going to take care of you. He is a lifelong Padres fan. He is a native San Diegan. He is a huge supporter of our work, and he is a huge Padres fan. He lives and dies on this like everyone here in the chat does. So if you have any insurance need, if you want to save money, he can save you $750 or more by switching your insurance, get in contact with Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance by clicking the link in the description down below. By the way, at his website, you can get a free quote online or call Mark, and he'll talk to you about the Padres. He'll give you free quotes as well. Yeah, all of Mark's information is in the bottom ticker below. Nimitz at FarmersAgent.com is his email address when you reach out to our buddy Mark. Let him know that John and Jim from the wrap-up show sent you. The Athletic today saying that the Padres, Ethan Salas is the third-ranked prospect in all of baseball. I think the Athletic had just four Padres actually in their top 100 list, but two of them are highly ranked in Jackson Merrill and Ethan Salas. We've talked a ton about prospects here today and over the course of the offseason because there's not much more to talk about because the Padres have not been tied to high-level free agents, whether it's a Blake Snell type or a Cody Bellinger type or even the, the next level down the Jorge Solaires or the Michael Lorenzens in the rotation, not to say they couldn't sign someone of that caliber, the Lorenzens or a trade for a Manoa. That sounds like it's out the window and Toronto doesn't want to do that by the way. But we've talked about the system because they don't appear to be heavily motivated to do anything via free agency. I think the Peralta thing was out of thin air a little bit. And maybe that gave some people belief that maybe they would trade some uh, from within their bullpen because that is now a strength of theirs. But if, if they've got limited funds and they've used it so far on their bullpen, 
I don't know how much more money they have for the back of the rotation or for the outfield. So I'm not expecting much. I'm expecting something like a Profar or potentially some type of mid-level trade, not overly significant trade, and or reliance on their system to start 2024. That's my expectation. Nothing of great significance and or a heavy reliance on the system to start 2024. Right. Uh, we all expect them just because of how their roster looks to make at least one more move. Like, yeah, definitely. You're looking at this roster and you look at the holes and you're thinking to yourself, okay, how could you, how could you honestly go into spring training with this? Like, like this is the final product with, mm-hmm. you know, minor league players being brought up. Cause if it's, that's the case, then it, then, then you're, you're running a lot of risk here. Um, but I really do think, John, I, the more you hear people talk, you know, yeah. the more you hear from the organization about, I mean, just PRing their way to how great this minor league system is, not really answering the question about money at all, not, you know, talking about, well, yeah, the reason why we traded Juan Soto was to to sign, you know, gr- get money back to get the money to, to spend yet. We haven't done that. No one's answering mm-hmm. any of those questions. Um, I mean, the closer we get to spring training, dude, the, the more I think that this is going to be it with a low level pickup piece. Like you said, like a jerks and profar. Yeah. But maybe they don't even do jerks and profar. Maybe they're <laughs> like, screw it. Why have jerks and profar blocking Jackson Merrill and us? We could save an extra $3 million there. And we just put Jackson Merrill in the big leagues. But for me, and you're right, that's the wrong way of thinking about it from the organization's perspective. And you agree. I would use a, a, a profile type as a stopgap. So I'm not guaranteeing him the job for the year. If he hits the first 60 days, great. And maybe he's got the job for the year. If he struggles for the first 60 days, maybe say, you know what? We've developed Jackson Merrill for the last 60 days in AAA or AA. He's been playing and left. And having success, and now it's his turn because Profar hasn't earned it, and we're paying him two million dollars. So who cares? We can cut bait, or he can be a fifth outfielder, or whatever. But I, I would prefer going about it that way. It's not sexy, but the truth is, Alex Smith started before Patrick Mahomes did when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, right? Because it took a year. Could Mahomes? I mean, that's a one in a, a million player. Could Mahomes have started from day one? Probably. And he's a one in a million type player, literally, or one in ten thousand type player. And they still wanted to give him. The seasoning. So that's typical. Let the player develop. He's 20. He's not 24. So let the player develop. Find some type of stopgap. You're not guaranteeing pro for the job for the year or even two years. But give him the first month or two. And if he hits, great. And if he doesn't, come up with a solution at that point. I'm on board with that. I think I'm definitely on board with that. I just... Are they they on board with that? Are are the Padres and, and AJ Preller... Are they thinking that way or are they thinking like they have previously? We want to get these guys to the big league, big league level as fast as possible. Right. That's what we're known for. We got to get guys up. Yeah. I mean, it's, Hey, we need to, we need to get this guy up as fast as possible. He's one of our top prospects. Like let's, let's go. Well, well it hasn't worked. What was your takeaway here for, because I didn't hear it. I, I know we referenced it briefly grouped in this morning on the radio. It was there a, primary takeaway or takeaways from anything that he said or didn't say in his conversation again we'll hear from consent at some point i think maybe that's more telling i'm not sure actually one of the takeaways was um he mentioned that him and aj preller report directly to eric casenda and makes sense um eric casenda being kind of literally this figure that we've not seen at all or heard from at all, mm-hmm. like in the shadows is by design. Like those were his exact words were, was the reason why you haven't seen much of Eric Ascenda or whatever, just it's much. by design. I've seen, I mean, right. By design is almost like, it's like, it's like he's being hidden. So I don't know what that, Take it how you will, but yep. those were the exact words is the reason why Eric Casenda hasn't been, you know, front facing almost, you know, Peter Seidler was up front. You heard from Peter, like you could reach Peter, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's mentioned that, you know, 
it's by design that Eric is not like that. So do you think that, because we had heard, from, I think from Dennis Lynn in a mailbag or an article that Kitsenda was expected to address the media at some point at mm -hmm. the start of spring training. Is, you think that's potentially changed? Like, will we hear from him or will he be completely behind the scenes? I think we will hear from him. But I also do think, like, this is just speculation yep. on why this is by design that we're not hearing from Eric Kitsenda at all or seeing Eric Kitsenda at all or anything right no interviews mm -hmm. nothing right I, I do think that it's by design because this is a speculation he probably is not a baseball guy and it's probably best if he didn't speak because, because if it's he exposing did, it would expose him and the fan base would be like what the hell you just we just now again it's because of the passing of peter it was out of people's control sure. it was a tragic loss like i'm not like it, it, that's what happened with Peter, but going from Peter, right to Eric, how unfortunate it was. You're now going from a guy who loves baseball, loved the Padres, loved the fans, knew baseball, to a guy that might be the complete opposite, and that's just speculation on my part. Yeah, I, I don't know. Right. That's the case. He might be a saber metrics guy. Yeah, he might. He might know like everything that. about baseball. Like, yeah, but he might your be point. A huge Padre fan. But your point's valid because, like, when you meet with the media, and this isn't the New York media, but you meet with the media, and you could be asked like a myriad of questions, like, yeah. "Hey, what's your, what, how does your, you know, prospect depth in the minors impact your plants in center field?" I mean, if you don't know, if you don't know baseball, now again, you can lean on AJ Preller. They but listen. You know, I'm controlling the purse strings and, you know, it's my first year in this job. And some of those particulars are, are better for, for AJ than they are for me. I think he can dodge it to some extent. But, yeah, it can be exposing. I mean, if he's not a baseball guy and Peter clearly tried to be, I mean, he would, you know, lean on AJ clearly. I mean, AJ was in charge oh, yeah. of baseball decisions, but Peter was a passionate baseball fan. That may or may not be the case with Eric Atsenda. I mean, nobody knows if Eric Atsenda, and to your point, maybe he is, but maybe he's not. Maybe he's not a passionate baseball fan for life that envisioned himself at any point in this role. And, and you know, how does that impact things? I just, I don't know. I want to hear from him. I want to see him. Um, I think fans do as well because they want to be rest assured. I think everyone wants to know this is my organization. If you're a Padres fan, is my organization heading in the right direction? Are the people in charge of it? Are they going to be stewards of putting us in a position where we can win both now and in the future? That's why you want to hear from an owner because an owner sets the direction for an organization. An owner doesn't determine who should start the year in double A, but an owner sets the trajectory for a club. So that's what we're waiting for. What's the trajectory, Eric? What's the plan? And I think, um, you know, w what fans don't want is an owner who only cares about crunching the numbers. Right. They don't want a guy who is making moves based on how much could we save mm -hmm. or is this financially work for us? Right. You know, they don't want that, especially off of what just what this team and fan base had with, with Peter, you know, rest his soul. Like mm -hmm. you're, you go from that to a guy who's only real, like number one priority is to crunch the numbers and make sure that the, that you're the team's in the green fans are going to like that because of so, what they, what yeah. they had before, even though that didn't translate to winning at all. I'm not saying that being a numbers guy isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you are raising the ticket prices to the level they are, when you are making things harder to obtain, when you keep losing and to scale back as much as they're scaling back with money, if that is the the main priority of this franchise is to get out of the red and get back into the green, I think it's red and black. Red and black is that what it is? Black Friday is when you get start making money. So black is positive, red is negative. Okay. Anyway, you get my point. Yeah, I do. Then you're you're looking at a situation where fans are like, what the what the hell? 
All right, we're going to continue the conversation in a moment. We do want to remind our viewers about our partners over at Aura. Their co-founder, Will, is a San Diego and a huge Padres fan. This is a great company with offices right here in Liberty Station in San Diego. Everyone is looking to get healthier with the new year here, the 2024 baseball season around the corner. They have plant-based nutritional products. All of them are plant-based. It's an amazing company. I've taken their probiotic for years now, every single day. It helps with digestion and heart health and mental health. You should take a probiotic. You should take it from Aura. It's as good as I've ever had. In addition to that, they have pre-workout supplements. They have proteins for after workouts. They have omega-3 oils. They're not technically fish oils because, again, everything is plant-based. They're supplements. But if you're taking a fish oil, take the omega-3 oil from Aura and get the same health benefits. In addition to that, they have sleep pills, immunity pills, and much, much more. Check them out at ORA.organic. Everyone wants to get healthier. Find the product that is right for you and your loved ones, ORA.organic, or click the link in the description down below. Again, if you support this channel, if you support our work, please support our partners, including our friends over at Aura, ORA.organic. Yeah, all of their supplements are the healthiest on the market. Uh, if you want to live a healthy lifestyle, go to Aura, www.ORA.organic. If you want to look for pre-workouts, they have it. If you want to look for post-workout protein powder, they have it. Just plain old vitamins to take every day to feel healthier and be healthier. They have it. So go to www.ora.organic now, pick up some supplements and try it out. And uh, you'll thank us later. You'll be thanking us later. Um, okay. So the Padres literally report this week. <laughs> the pitchers and catchers will report on Super Bowl Sunday. First full squad workout will be next week. And then they'll be playing spring training games. I think, Jim, February 22nd is maybe when they open against the Dodgers. Yeah, versus the Dodgers, yeah. So that's in um, two weeks, 17 days. They'll be playing spring training games, and we are less than two months, I mean well less than two months, away from their opener, which is March 20th. And again, they've got the fewest players on their 40-man roster in the sport with 36, fewest players on a 40-man roster at the outfield position, two of any team in the sport as well. Um, a lot of holes, rotation, outfield, arguably, I mean certainly bench, Um and that's where they are. And it's not, it's far from over the offseason. I mean, you could argue there's, you know, it's far from over. They can make moves during spring training once games begin. Um, but man, you're just left kind of scratching your head is what you're left at this point in the offseason. I, I never thought we'd get here with so such limited movement. I never thought we'd get this late with such limited movement. Yeah. And um, you don't like to hear just the, the, the PR campaign coming out from this organization about this year because mm -hmm. to, to kind of, I'm not saying to forget about things that have happened, but to just sweep under the rug, how bad this off season has been from a player standpoint, we all, you know, Peter's in a different category, right? But from just a roster standpoint alone, it's been one of the worst off seasons you could remember. You could remember. Uh, you, you lose your manager. I like Mike Schilt. I think he'll be good. But mm -hmm. still, how you lost your manager to your rival <laughs> in your division was a, a disaster. Trading away Juan Soto. I mean, look, I'm not going to say it's, it's a disaster, but we'll see. Not good. Sure. It's not great. <laughs> um, and then. Losing your Cy Young Award winner, losing the best closer in baseball, not making any tr any moves to help this roster out. I mean, they're a worse roster than they were last year. That's a fact. Could they play better? Yeah, but on paper, it's a fact. They're a worse roster. And then to just trot out the PR campaign of, well, look at our minor league system again. I mean, it just it's the same story over and over with this franchise, and you hope that it turns around because. Frankly, I think people are sick and tired of the constant revolving, you know, PR campaign of, well, look at our prospects. They're great. No, no, no. Can you guys win on the field? Can you guys, you know, be consistent? Can you guys not suck? Well, can cool. you get can you get your prospects to the big league level in a Padres that uniform too. and help your team win? Because I've seen Padres um prospect rankings over the last decade where they've been inside the top five routinely including to, to their credit here's the the two sides of the coin to the front office's credit oh, they have a totally. good system again somehow post soto yeah. trade they have a good system that's a positive not to their credit to their discredit 
is they have never fully turned over a class of prospects to impact them at the big league level. They did it with a player. Fernando Tatis Jr. was a brilliantly developed player. Uh, that's hard to argue. Now, he hasn't fully reached his potential, but he's had massive moments already in the big leagues. But beyond that, we were sold on Chris Paddock. It turned out to be absolutely nothing. Um, we've been sold on some of the starting pitchers, pitchers they brought up. They've been traded away. We've been sold on a, a myriad, I've used that word a lot, of players over the last 10 years that weren't you know, capable of producing for the Padres at the big league level. That's not to say Marcy, Merrill, Pauly, Snelling, Lesko, and others, Salas, aren't going to be long-term Padres that help this team win. I hope they are, but you can't sit here today and be guaranteed that this team is going to develop them properly and they're going to stick at the big league level and they're going to be the core that leads the Padres into the second half of the 2020s. We can hope that that happens. It's possible but A.J. Preller's track record is not a good one to lead you down the path, Jim, where five, six, seven players in his organization will stick, be successful, and lead the team to winning over the next you know, two to four years. Yeah, I know I said that they're banking on this year the hope of all of their superstars performing, but for the immediate future of this franchise, the only way this works out is if their prospects hit. Mm-hmm. Only way. That's yeah, the I'm only way. Their, their superstars can perform, but at the same you need to have those prospects to to hit at the major league level. If you do not, it will turn out horrible for you. And by you, I mean AJ Preller. Mm-hmm. It just won't work. Like there's no scenario where because they're not going to build these these super teams by spending two hundred fifty million dollars anymore. There's mm-hmm. not doing it. So if they can't do that, they're not going to do that. They have to have the other option, which a lot of teams and most every team goes by, except for the the few like the Yankees, the Mets, the the Dodgers, right? Like you have even the Yankees have to have prospects. I mean, every team has to have a prospect or two or three hit really big. Because if you don't, you're not going to win. And you're not going to be consistent. We've been saying it for years. I mean, I was highly skeptical of the manner in which they're going about it when I'm like, you can't have free agent starters in your rotation entirely. Now, they traded for starters, but guys are making $20 million a year. You can't have five starters making $20 million a year. You have to have someone from your system mm-hmm. that's controllable for six years making a million dollars as one of your starters. Same thing. You can't just have free agent outfielders and free agent. It, like, it just doesn't work like this. You have to be able to have some guys under control for six years. The Luis Campisanos, the, again, some of your pitching talent in your organization, some of your outfield talent in your organization. The issue is you can't have them all come up together in all likelihood because they're not ready. This isn't a system filled with talent that has already been developed at the high levels of the minor leagues. It's a system filled with prospects that have had success at the lower level of the minor leagues. A lot of people would tell you, we've talked to so many, it's a year away from blossoming, if not more. But that one year is a big year. You're talking about 20-year-olds. So the difference in one year for a 20-year-old is everything in the world. So again, I think some of these players are going to bear dividends in 2024, but you have to be careful how you rely on them in 2024 that's my primary takeaway right now things could change guys could hit in spring training but even if they hit in spring training that doesn't change my overall opinion on what they're going to be asked to do during the regular season someone in the system jim is going to have an amazing spring i hope multiple guys do guys could have amazing springs but i've seen guys have amazing springs that doesn't automatically equate to having an amazing year exactly and you're going to see it i i would bet a lot of money that this spring you're going to have some guys have really good springs, probably. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's a different animal when you go from spring training to an everyday grind of the big leagues. It just is. And especially with guys that are perceived as a year away or maybe more, and guys that may be moving positions, it is a tough ask to have them do that and expect them to perform because if there was no expectations on this team, John, like zero, I think we'd be feeling a, a lot differently. Yeah. Right? I mean, if it was, I mean, I'm trying give me the example of the organization right now. Pittsburgh I mean, pirates. If it was Pittsburgh, I don't know. I'd like, I'd be, I'd, I would be like, give them a chance. Let them, let's see what they got. Yeah. Colorado is the perfect Colorado, example. 
Arizona but, heading into last year. Yeah, but they also had. Got, I mean, their guy. Well, they were two years ago. Arizona. Corbin Carroll was like one of the guys that was all right. This guy's ready to go. Mm-hmm. He's he's ready to burst on the scene, and he did, and it did in a big way. That's not how I feel about Jackson Merrill. I don't feel like he's ready to burst on the scene. I feel like he could be able, and maybe in due time, to be that player to burst on the scene. But as of right now, with especially potentially moving positions for him, it's a little like, uh, I don't know, maybe you should wait a little bit longer on this guy. So you're going to need – the expectation for this team this year is definitely win. Um and with those expectations of winning, it makes it it makes it harder when you're going to be relying on potentially so many young rookies. All right, real quick before we get out of here, starting left fielder and center fielder on opening day for the Padres are you can put it in the chat or the comment down below if you're watching on replay. Starting left fielder and center fielder for the Padres opening day. I'll start pro far and left, Marcy and center. It's complete. Who knows? I mean, it could be anything. What do you think? Yeah, I'll go. Uh... I'll go pro far and left. I'll go Jose Zocar in center. Yeah. That's the odds on favorites right now. Those are your odds on favorites. And they haven't signed pro far yet, so we don't even know. I know. Um, okay, guys. Underdog Fantasy, the big game is here. It's a big week for someone like Jim because he's a big Niners fan. The big game is here. <sighs> Underdog Fantasy is here for you. If you use promo code PODSWRAP, you can get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Play the Pick'em games. It could not be easier or more fun. You can win up to... Not just 20 times your money. There's actually a way to win 100 times your money in one single night. Double your first deposit up to $100. Underdogfantasy.com or the Underdog Fantasy app. Use promo code PODSWRAP. Big game is here. Baseball's around the corner. P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. Double your first deposit up to $100. Pick them, contesting, drafts, big game, baseball, all right here. Underdogfantasy.com. All right, join us on the radio this afternoon. Much more on the Padres' quiet offseason and the potential reliance on a youth movement in 2024. We'll be on San Diego Sports 760, the free iHeartRadio app. We're celebrating Jim's 35th birthday today as well. You can find us on YouTube. Search for John and Jim 760. If you're new here, we have year-round content, in-season, out-of-season for Padres fans. Please subscribe. Please smash the like button. Thank you for your support. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer. At Jim Russell SD. Again, please support our partners, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. If you have an insurance need, get in contact with Mark Aura. If you're looking to get healthier, ORA.organic. And again, Podswrap, P A D S W R A P. Get a 100% deposit match up to $100 for the big game. We'll see you on the radio today at 3 p.m. For birthday boy Jim, I'm John. This has been the wrap up show. Bye bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc